0: Hey, welcome to New Life, everybody! All right, wow. So, twelve of you guys. Did you guys? You're at, you're at New Life Church, FYI. And I was just simply welcoming you. So, if you didn't realize you're at New Life Church, if you plan on being someplace else, just letting you know, this plane has landed at New Life Church today. Uh, so, hey, listen, my name is Jeff. I am one of the pastors on staff. It is a, it's a joy to be with you today. Thank you for coming out on this incredibly beautiful rainy day. Uh, it's, it's, is it going to stop raining? Does anybody know that for sure? Um, what in the world? What's happening here? So, I, how, how many of you guys have had the opportunity to actually go through the compassion experience that's out here in the parking lot? Anybody? All right. So we got a few here. What about down in the venue? you know, put your hand up. I want to say hello to everyone worshiping with us down in the venue, by the way. So if you guys haven't had a chance to go through the Compassion Experience, whether you're here in the main auditorium or down in the venue at our Kearney campus, my encouragement to you is make your way through that. If you are out in North Platte, which I want to say hello to all of those at our North Platte campus that are worshiping with us live right now. Um, if you haven't gone through the Compassion Experience, it's out at the mall, and I would highly encourage you to go out there. We've got a number of churches that are all working together in both communities to really pull this experience off. I'm excited about it. Um, out in North Platte, by the way, I'm hopping in my car after the service today, and I'll see you out there. So if you got some time, stop by the Compassion Experience at the mall later today, and I'll say hello to you. Uh, so guys, today is a, is a Sunday where I'm continuing the journey of what we started on Easter. So I got it, okay? Easter was a long time ago in all of our books. But uh, I'm going to build on what we talked about in Easter, because at, at Easter, we talked about compassion, and today is what we're entitling a Compassion Sunday. Now on, on Easter, when I talked about compassion, I, I dealt with the aspect that the first big word in compassion is the word compass, compass, and that the compass of God's heart is compassion. It was just a little play on words there, but the compass of God's heart is compassion. How do we know that? Well, we know that because God said, I've sent my one and only son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that anyone who would put their faith in Christ would have eternal life. That's compassion from God's heart. That's God recognizing that because of the sin of humanity, there was a there was a broken, a broken road. There was no bridge between the two chasms of, you know, sinful man and holy God. And so he sends his son Jesus to die on a cross and he makes the bridge between man and God so that we might be in relationship with him. That's the compassion of God's heart. That's what we talked about on Easter. Now, if if you weren't here on Easter, which I know many of you were not, Then that, that's okay. You know, maybe you're new to our church in the past month, you know, or you were traveling with family or friends on Easter. Please go to mynewlifechurch.com where you can actually click on, you know, watch now and you can get the archives of our past uh, teaching series. You can actually see things from a long time back if you kind of want to get to know better who I am. Um, as one, as the primary teaching pastor or where our church is at, then that's a great way to do it. But I would also encourage you to do it in light of what I'm going to build on today. So compass being the compassion of God that directs God, because that's what a compass does. It gives you direction. Um, if if compassion is God's compass, there's something else as we build on this concept that the Bible says that God is. And in First John 4, 8, it says that God is love. God is love. So if the heart of God is love, and at the heart of God is compassion that's being directed toward you and me, then if we can figure out what love is, we can figure out what true compassion is. Thankfully, God's word gives us that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through seven, the Bible actually gives us a breakdown of the virtues of love. So in essence, here's what God's word is doing for us. God's word is telling us that God is love, God is compassion. And then God gives us the very DNA breakdown of what makes up his heart. Now here's the here's the good news and bad news. All right? You are not God and you're not perfect, but you and me can love like God to others if we'll live out the virtues of love. Like 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 7 helps us understand that love is patient, love is kind. Love doesn't envy love does not boast it is not self-seeking right it's not something that just runs its course pleasing you and at the end of that that passage it says that love never fails see the list there the virtues of it they they go on and on and i'm not going to stand up here and quote them all to you but i'm just telling you that in the end love never fails So although you're not God and you're never going to be perfect like God, God has made a way for us to be able to love others on this earth the same way that God loves us through the virtues of love. So when you would read through, and by the way, if you're taking notes, please write down 1 John 4, 8, God is love, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, so that you can go back and you can tie those things together because it's going to be important for you. If you lack in one of the virtues of love, then you're lacking in compassion. And I believe that you can actually pray and ask God, God, give me more patience. And God will help build patience in you. Why? Because God wants you to love the same way he does. I believe you can go and you can say, God, I'm, you know, I'm very self-centered. Help me to be others-centered. God will help you with that process. It's a matter of praying. It's a matter of devotion. It's a matter of recognizing and listening to God and being convicted by God as well. Because God wants us to show compassion to one another like He's shown compassion to us through Christ. Oh, and by the way, the way that God shows compassion every single day. And we can do this for, for one another. As an example, my wife, she shows me incredible compassion. Husbands, if you're, if you're here, right, today and you're listening to me, listen up, alright? Listen up, husbands, because Mother's Day is right around the corner. I just want to let, just that's an FYI, just in case you didn't know that. Um, But my wife shows me some of the most incredible compassion on this earth than any other person on this earth can at this current moment. As an example, my wife has shown me incredible compassion when I have been deathly sick. Right? I'm not talking about enduring me during my sickness, I'm talking about actually showing me real compassion. When I'm really, really sick, and I don't think you want me to break down the details of that. But she showed me that kind of compassion. My wife has shown me the kind of compassion that said, honey, what do you want to eat tonight? And I'll make whatever it is. It may not be what she wants, but it's what I wanted at the time. Now that kind of compassion, that kind of love makes me want to reciprocate that back to her. I, I want to ask her at times, what do you want, right? And how can I minister to you and how can I help you? Another way my wife shows me great compassion is that she prays for me. She doesn't just pray for the things that she knows are screwed up in my life. which she probably has a laundry list of those. But she prays God's will for my life. I know that my wife does that. I know that my wife prays for me as like, God, you've given my husband a job to do and you've given his hands work to do and may you, may you bless him and may you anoint him and may you help him to accomplish and get that done. She prays for me. She prays for God's will to be done in my life. That is a way of compassion that she shares towards me. And, and I love it about her, right? She stands there. She stood with me and she continues to stand with me even through all of the ugliness that I've brought because I'm no saint and neither are you. I'm thankful for compassion from others that will look past the ugliness of my life and love me right where I'm at. That's what God does though. That's what God does. And in the end, the compassion of my wife, if I can just bring one last piece, she's forgiven me. All of those pieces are virtues that God has, and he shows that same kind of love towards us. Jesus talked about this type of compassion, this holistic picture of compassion, and he broke it down, and he he really kind of spelled out for us that there's three layers of compassion that a human can really show maybe to others. And he he did this when he told a story about a a Jewish man who was going on a journey from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the journey, he got beat up, and he got left for dead. Jesus was telling the story because he was being asked, hey, Jesus, who's my neighbor? Basically, who am I supposed to show compassion to? Is there like a radius around me that I'm responsible for, and then outside of that, I can act however I want to others? And Jesus was trying to help him understand that there is no radius, there is no boundary, you're to love all all people at all time, and you're supposed to follow me in obedience to it. And so in telling the story, he so said there's this beat-up, bloodied man that's laying on the side of the road, and a priest comes by, and the priest sees the man and walks on the other side of the road. And then, a, and then a, an assistant to a priest came walking by, and he walks up to the man, and he looks at the man, but then he gets to the other side of the road, and he walks by again. And this Jewish man continues to lay there, you know, on his, basically his deathbed unless someone's going to help him because of his condition. And then a Samaritan, basically an arch enemy or a, a rival too, or people that were, you know, closely connected, you know, by ge- geography, but they didn't like each other. There was a hatred towards one another. A, a Samaritan walked by and Jesus said that he did this. Take, take a look with, with me in Luke. Luke chapter 10. He said, Then a despised Samaritan, because that's what the Jews would have thought about the Samaritans. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion on him. Going over to him, this is what he did. The Samaritan soothed the wounds with olive oil and wine, and he bandaged them. Then he put the man, he picked the man up, and he put him on his donkey, and he took him uh, to an inn in a nearby village where he took care of the man. Then the next day, The Samaritan he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him take care of this man and oh by the way If his bills run higher than the money I gave you don't worry about it. You know me Uh, I'll pay you back the next time I come through don't don't worry about it I'm gonna cover it and in the in the midst of this story Jesus helps us understand What what's the kind of compassion that God has towards us? And what's the kind of compassion we're supposed to show to one another and he starts out at level one where he basically says that the man felt compassion he felt compassion. Now, you've got to remember, the story Jesus was telling, the man didn't have any forewarning that there was this beat-up man laying on the side of the road. So he comes around the corner, and he sees this bloodied man laying there, and he has to decide if he's going to react or not. And obviously, Jesus tells the story that the guy acts out immediately. Well, so what happens here? The man has to act from the heart. He felt compassion in here and he decides to act. But I guarantee you, just like any one of us in this room, if you came to that situation, you would probably wrestle with yourself in your own mind, just like the priest did and just like the assistant to the priest did. And you might stand there and stare at the man and say to yourself, maybe, you know, questions like, you know, hey, listen, we're running late. Um, we don't, we don't have a lot of time. We, we need to get, we need to get moving on. And so you might just pass the guy up, right? you might look at the guy and you might say, man, well, he's different than us. He's not the same skin color as us. He's not the same background as us. He's not, you know, from the same country as, as we are. He's not part of our group of people. Let someone else love him. And you might just say, let's just move on. You might have looked at the man and wrestled with your mind and your heart, this battle going on and saying, look, he's a bloody mess. I don't want to get my clothes dirty. I don't want to get my donkey dirty. This is going to be inconvenient. The guy looks really bad off. You know, I don't think I've it anything. This is going to be messy. Uh, let's keep my hands clean and let's just move on. Or maybe the battle inside of the heart of the man, of the Samaritan, before he ever helped him, before he ever you know, felt compassion and did something about it, he may have thought to himself, where are the bandits at? I, I know this guy got beat up. Where, is this a trap? Am I going to go over and help this guy? This guy's going to jump up and people are going to jump out of the rocks and they're going to take me down. Maybe I should just move on. There's a battle that happens when you feel compassion. There's still a battle that goes on from the mind to the, to the heart. And so what I want to tell you today is this, that true compassion doesn't come from just your emotions. True compassion doesn't just come from a thought. True compassion has to come from God's Spirit speaking to you and saying to you, there's a need who cares about everything else that's going on? Your responsibility is to me, God. Go minister to the need. It's the nudging, really, of God's Spirit. And when your heart, then, is filled with God's Spirit, guess what you're going to feel more of? You're going to feel more compassion. You're going to feel more compassion for others. You're going to find your life way more effective in the long run when we respond to need out of the nudging of God's Spirit. So, why is it that you need to be close to God so that you don't waste your time running after little things here and there and never really making a big impact? Why is it that you need to seek to be full of God's Spirit? God, fill me today. Let me walk, Lord, according to your word today. Let me walk according to your Spirit today because God has need all around you and he's trying to nudge your heart like he's trying to nudge mine to deal with it. So you've got this felt need, this this. Felt compassion towards others. The big question is now, what are you going to do with it? Well, this guy, he went on and he soothed the wounds. He soothed the wounds of the man who was beat up and broken and laying there. He soothed the wounds. He took compassion that he felt and he turned it into action. But notice that the action that he took took had to get his hands dirty. Had to get his hands dirty. See, that's, that's true compassion. True compassion is going to cause you to have to get your hands dirty. What we like to define as compassion in America is, can I write a check? Can I give you my credit card? Can I, can I throw you a couple of dollars out of my pocket that maybe don't mean a lot? And we go, that's compassion. That's not compassion. That's just giving. Compassion is something that's stirred again from God's spirit. And then from that, it demands that you get your hands dirty. Get your hands dirty in ministering to the wounds your hands dirty and get them down there and start making a difference right this man took care of the immediate need and what we like to do is we we notice a need and then we instead of showing compassion to the need ministering to the wound of the need we go into i'm going to fix the problem fixing the problem isn't necessarily compassion because most of the time your desire to fix the problem comes right back to how it's going to make you feel compassion is all about how it makes the other person feel he ministered to the, his wounds he was ministering to him not to get any fame not to get any glory from it he may never see the man again but he ministers to him not to make himself feel better but he ministers to him to make him feel better That's a big difference in compassion this is what Jesus does. Jesus does this multiple times when Jesus sees people and they're, they're broken in body and they need healing, and the Bible says he has compassion on them. Or Jesus has a large crowd around him and there's preaching to them and the crowd is hungry and they can't get away to get food because they're so far out, you know, uh, in, away from a community. And Jesus, the, the Bible says he had compassion on them and so he fed them. He, t- he took this what was in his heart and he turned it into action. And today I want you to know that true compassion doesn't just stay in the heart. It's not just felt. It has to get your hands dirty. you got to go start soothing some wounds. And then there are times when that deals with the situation. Caring for the others. Soothing the wounds. But then there are times when God uses compassion to stretch you even beyond that. And he turns it into a more long-term effect. Just like when the man, the man had to give what? The two silver coins. Now, the two silver coins that the man gave, right, those two silver coins, they added up to quite a bit. Like, two silver coins in that day would have equaled about, you know, if you made $15 a day, uh, or $15 an hour, excuse me, those two silver coins would have equaled somewhere around 360 bucks if you make $15 a day. Here's the reason why. Because one silver coin would have paid a worker for about 12 hours worth of work. So two silver coins would have paid someone to work 24 hours for you. So if you take your pay by the hour, multiply it by 24, then you'll know instantly what's the value of the two silver coins in your life. So I don't know what you get made, you get paid, but if you get paid $15 an hour, 360 bucks. He steps up to the plate and he goes, here's $360 innkeeper, take care of the guy. Oh, and by the way, I'm willing to even give more. No matter what it cost, no matter how long this man is here, no matter what his needs are, right? If you got to call a doctor, you call a doctor. And I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. I'm in this thing for the long haul. I may never get a big thank you from this guy, right? I'm never probably going to get rewarded standing on a stage with someone, you know, clapping for me going, unbelievable. I can't believe the fact that, you know, this man was not even one of your own and you loved him enough and you dealt with him and you gave so generously. You're the most incredible Samaritan ever. He's probably never going to get that in his entire life. And by the way, he's not doing it for that. He's doing it for a whole different reason. What allows someone to give that kind of money and then say, I'm in it for the long haul? It's not emotions. It's not just some thought that came from your mind. The only way that you follow compassion in this third stage beyond just mending the wounds into a long-term relationship that has the ability to transform someone if God puts that person in your life is when you sense God's Spirit spoke to you. There's going to have to be some kind of thing that's greater than your feelings because your feelings are going to go up and down like a roller coaster. You're going to have to have some kind of other anchor if you're going to experience this deeper level of compassion. You're going to have to know God's Spirit spoke to me. My obedience to loving this person or to following this act through is because it's anchored in obedience to God's Spirit, not anchored in my own feelings or emotions. That is a quantum leap in compassion. Many of you in this room have never experienced compassion at that level. And most of the time it's not, and this is not derogatory, it just is a simple truth that many times we don't get past the mending of the wounds. And a lot of the time it's because we're doing it out of emotion. Or we're doing it out of a mental thought. Or we're doing it maybe out of guilt. True compassion needs to come from the Spirit. And when it comes from the Spirit, it gets anchored. Because God God wants to use needs in your life so that you and me can experience the joy of extending his love to others. That's what God wants to do. And this Sunday, you've got a very unique Sunday. This Sunday, we've, we've got an auditorium here in our main auditorium down in the venue and out in North Platte. There are, there are, you know, pictures and packets of kids that are hanging on the walls um, on the sides and in the back, there are packets of kids that need to be sponsored through Compassion International. That is a Christ-centered program. These are, these are kids that are actually in need today. And you're the good Samaritan today. And God's saying to you, is this the thing that he wants you to be a part of? Is this something that God wants you to step up to the plate and go on, the, go on that third level of compassion, go on a long-term picture of being a part of someone's life for the long haul and seeing God do something incredible? That's a question you have to ask. That's a question you have to get to today. But you're going to want to anchor it in God's spirit, not just your emotions today. Because we're challenged by God's word to do something about poverty, to do something that ministers to people. Like as an example, take a look at this last scripture before I wrap up. Proverbs 31, just one example out of God's word of about 2,000 scriptures that deal with poverty in God's word. Here's one of them. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. This is something God's challenged us to do. Your simple act of compassion, of love, shown by sponsoring a child today, first and foremost, you will will provide a way for the local church and their community to disciple that child to be Christ-centered, first and foremost. Every child that is here that you see represented is connected to a local church, and a local church is trying to disciple them to become Christ-centered. You'll also give them opportunities for their education to grow. You'll give them opportunities for their health, for the healthiness of their life. But in the end, you'll be freeing a child from poverty in Jesus' name. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to experience it. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to have the unique opportunity to experience the impact... That one sponsor here in America can have on a child halfway around the world. I want you to take a look at this video about how God rocks this little girl and her family through the sponsorship like you stepping up to the plate and saying, I'm going to show compassion in Jesus' name. Take a look at this video.
1: Waktu itu, tetapi saya lebih memilih ketika pendekatan oleh gereja untuk melayani anak-anak. Dan di situ saya lihat kemuliaan Tuhan, bahwa lebih luar biasa kita melayani anak-anak daripada kita memikirkan hal-hal dunia ini. kita ini, walaupun bikin rumah begini itu beban banyak karena habisan kita che bellum tu ti somsca di Arisana. Le sante astidilla già la trema. Sale ga piciran Baik, terima kasih fungsi papan rata anak Untuk mengetahui Anak-anak yang terdaftar di TPA Berapa seluruhnya Berapa yang dapat sponsor Dan berapa yang belum punya sponsor Nanti teman sponsor Saya sedikit hati Karena tidak saya tidak anak-anak sudah saya mama berdoa juga untuk setiap ternama apa pun. Tunggu anak, tidak Nanti Tuhan akan Saya bulan ke depan bahwa anak-anak ini akan mendapatkan sponsor melalui tangan-tangan Tuhan. Bicama hati para yang punya Yang, yang bisa peduli kepada anak Tuhan akan memberikan yang terbaik Untuk keluarga ini Ada suka cita Asti Keluarganya Asti Mendapat sponsor Dan ini surat dari sponsor Yang buat Asti Kasih banyak saya, saya yang baik saya, saya kasih
2: masuk PPA
1: saya sedih ini saya tapi Tuhan yang balas saya tidak mampu balas kata Tuhan yang balas tidak pernah saya mimpi bahwa sponsornya nanti hari ini tapi saya bangga sekali saya jatuh air mata terima kasih banyak.
3: Berlipat.
1: Mereka, anak-anak itu merasa dekat dengan sponsornya dan jadi ketika mereka menceritakan isi surat seperti itu, anak-anak merasa luar biasa Bahwa itu tidak bisa dibayangkan seperti itu.
3: Sebenarnya menjadi sekolah
1: Mungkin pikirnya ya sekedar komunikasi saja tetapi lebih daripada itu kedekatannya lebih dekat sekadar Dan saya berterima kasih kepada Tuhan Yang bisa memberikan sponsor kepada anak Sebagai anak dan bapak Dan saya berterima kasih kepada kontesnya Sebagai jembatan yang dapat menghubungkan kami yang ada di seberang bisa menjadi satu itu kebanggaan saya dan saya merasa senang sekali
4: So if that doesn't move you, you're not alive, right? Hey, today we've had a great opportunity to hear about a wonderful ministry called Compassion International and about the heart of the Father, the heart of our Father, Father God, for for us and for children around the world. And today I want to introduce some friends, uh, Tim and Heidi Farrell. And compassion has been a part of your story, your family. And so, uh, just to introduce you to the congregation, uh, people that may may not know you, especially those that are maybe out in North Platte, um, tell us a little bit about your story, how you were introduced to Compassion International, and what was that initial stirring within you that caused you to say, hey, we want to sponsor a child?
2: Well, we first um, sponsored our first child at a Compassion Sunday when we were living in Colorado. And they had all the faces laid out on the table, just like today. And um, you went out there, and our son, Ryan, actually picked out a little boy that he thought looked cute and somebody he could kind of relate to. And it was just really neat because, um, unlike some other, um, there's other amazing um, sponsorship options out there, but Compassion is really unique because you can actually pick the face of the child you're going to be sponsoring. And... That's going to be the person that you sponsor within, you know, within days of your account going through. So you get to actually connect right away with a little child. So just seeing all those little faces out there and seeing their need for that, it just really pulls at your heartstrings. And uh, that really is God leading us, I think, to um, to look beyond ourselves and, and try to reach out to a child who needs help.
4: That's great. So you're at church, Compassion Sunday the, the face, the face of a child just kind of stirred your heart. And, and Tim, you know, you have kids, right? And so they've been involved right. in this process. How has it shaped your heart to be more like God's heart? And then how has it shaped your kids as, as they've been a part of the process of compassion? Well, we have
3: five children, uh, 18, 15, 4, 2, and 5 weeks. And um, it's, I think it's really important to to know there's more out, out there. There's a world out there, and, and there's more than Kearney, Nebraska, and there's children that are suffering um, and, and need your help. Um, and that that you with God's heart can can help children in need very easily and very inexpensively. Um, and I, it's a good lesson. I hope that my children continue to give their entire lives.
4: Yeah, so you how do you mentioned that you're able to, with compassion, obviously look at a face, right? Or go online and look at a face. But there's also other tools that Compassion uh, utilizes to keep you connected. Can you talk about some of those, how you guys have been involved with those, how your kids have been able to, for example, write letters and be a part of the life of the child? So what are those tools and what's the experience been?
2: Yeah, so you can actually go on their website, and it makes it really easy for those of you who are like me and and find technology a little confusing. Um, Their website is really easy to navigate, and um, you can actually write letters to your sponsor child, like um, Tim was saying earlier. You can write an email um, basically, and they'll translate it and give it to your sponsor child. You can attach a picture right there from your computer. Um, of course, you can write a handwritten letter, which is really special too. In fact, our kids in the past have um, drawn pictures because we'll get pictures that our little sponsored children will send to us. And so it's kind of fun to give them pictures back. Um, but anyway, you can go on there, and also, in addition to writing letters, you can click on different options to give gifts in addition to your monthly sponsorship. Um, sometimes you can give a birthday gift, or a Christmas gift, or a family gift, and you can just click right on the amount. It comes right out of your account, and so it's been really neat to see how our sponsored children and um, their families have utilized those um, gifts, To and they'll send you pictures of some of the things that they've purchased, which you'll see in a little bit.
4: Yeah, so there's there's a lot of ways to, whether you're, you're handwriting a letter, and they're going to translate that, right, mm-hmm. into the language for you. You can go online and do the same thing and give, and so Tim, you were telling Pastor Jeff about this story of one of your children. You guys gave a, a gift. I think we have a picture. Can yeah. you well, throw this up there? Tell us the story.
3: Well, um, we just made a little extra gift to uh, Angelique's family and uh, and her for her birthday. And less than $100, I think it was, she purchased a, a pig and a cow and a plot of land.
4: So, I think this is the, the plot of land, right? Yeah, yeah. And the cow for a hundred dollars, wow, yeah, how many of you, if you you gave your son or your daughter one hundred dollars, would go buy a pig? Um, well, we live in Nebraska. that might actually happen right We, we
3: keep thinking even she 's probably the most popular little girl in her village now, you know owning yeah. a pig and a cow
2: and it 's just incredible to think that this i mean the thirty eight dollars with The sponsorship, plus if you give the birthday or Christmas gifts, which is optional, but it's just still such a fraction of what we spend on ourselves for cell phone bills and telephone or computer, internet, um, cable bills, going out to eat, things like that, that are just, they're really a luxury. And this is really a necessity for them just existing, not to mention Compassion does such an amazing job um, giving the kids a a Christian um, upbringing and and teaching and uh, providing a safe place for them to come when they are otherwise on the streets. So.
4: That's great. And so you mentioned that it's $38 a month, correct? All right. And so how many children do you sponsor now?
3: Well, um, we just sponsored another child this morning, so we have four now. Four. Yeah. And it's exciting. Um, there have been 100 children sponsored here
4: at New Life Church
3: since Thursday. And it's, it's yeah.
2: Between here yeah. and North Platte.
4: Praise God.
3: Yeah. Oh, North Platte, between Yeah.
4: Yeah, a hundred. The, the number was 69, I think you heard in the announcements, but we were able to uh, get an update with 31 more uh, sponsorships. So that's great. So, you know, before you guys go, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your story. You are going to be at the table here at the Carney campus, the compassion table. Um, out in North Platte we have uh, Joe and Julie Holfer and Kristen Yonker that are going to be at the tables there to just help you answer questions, help you navigate the process of sponsorship but just before you go, speaking to your peers, look into the cameras we, we have um, our church family in North Platte and the venue, what would you say to your friends just to encourage them to prayerfully consider partnering with this speci- specific ministry
3: um, It's just, it's blessed our lives in so many ways and It is so inexpensive when you think of $38 and even four children for us that that it's going to be half of what our cell phone bill will be, which I said earlier is sad that our cell phone bill is so expensive, but it also is just such a small amount of money. You can do so much and, and inspire a child halfway around the world to know that somebody loves them and that God loves them and has found a sponsor for them, and I think that's key.
2: And this hope that you're giving this child, it's amazing. You can read stories in the Compassion magazine that you'll get sent in the mail to you, just how they've gone on to feel inspired to get out of poverty themselves, to go become doctors and help service the communities that they were living in before. And I think as mothers and fathers, the greatest gift that we give our own children, um, you know, is just to be able to provide for their needs, both physically and spiritually. And um, there are parents around the world that can't do that. And um, this is making a dream come true for these parents that their children are taken care of, not only for the child, but for the child's family. So it's not just the child who's being affected. It's the families of these children. It's the communities of these children. So it's a pretty amazing thing.
4: It's amazing. Tim, Heidi, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for your hearts. I admire both of you, uh, your hearts for the Lord and leading your children to have God's heart of compassion. It's great. Would you give him a great big hand if they leave? Oh, I hope that you're thankful that we serve a great God, that the Bible says he is the father of compassion. He's the father of compassion. So as we get ready to respond today, I have uh, just a few few challenges for you before we go into a time of prayer. You know, at New Life, there are many different ways that you can get involved in missions. For example... Uh, foundationally, we, we hope that everybody who is a follower of Christ will pray for missionaries and for missions projects and missions endeavors and for people in, in places that we may never get to visit that you, your prayers would include missions. And so we just really want to, uh, have a culture, a DNA of who New Life is that we are people of prayer for missions secondly you can give monthly a, a faith promise to the missions endeavors of new life that funds missionaries that sends missionaries all across the world that funds missions trips and missions projects through new life church and you yourself can go on a short term mission trip for example many of these packets that are at the uh, on the walls in our auditoriums they will have a, a blue it's not a sticker but it looks like a sticker a blue sticker there that says church partner and these are children that are from El Salvador this is a, a community that we as new life we are trying to adopt the entire community if we can of children uh, that have available sponsorship availabilities in a few months we'll be tra- taking a trip to El Salvador with some people uh, from new life we anticipate taking more trips how cool would it be to sponsor a child and then get to go and actually visit that child perhaps or send uh, gifts or notes or letters along with new lifers who are going to go and minister to that community. And so uh, there's um, short-term missions trips that you can get involved with. And then there are things like Compassion International where it can be an ongoing interface of missions where you have uh, as much as you you can have hands-on interaction uh, digitally through the mail, through sending gifts with with a child. Where missions um moves from just a transaction or a one-time experience to really an ongoing interface with the heart of God for missions. And so that's one thing that I really love about this being a part of what we're doing as a church family to engage the heart of God for missions. Today at all of our locations as we get ready to transition into a time of response, I got I got some instructions for you so just turn to your neighbor and tell them buckle up. Buckle up all right. This is going to get complicated. Um, not very complicated, but a couple steps first of all um, i 'm going to pray, and at the end of my prayer that 's going to be your sign to take action all right At the altars in all of our locations, there are packets of children. Um, these are for you to to come and to pray over. All right. So I would love to see, not just so that we can say this, but to see this action happen in our church, to, that these altars would be filled here in all of our locations with people that are praying over these children. Many of the children that are at the altars, they have been without a sponsor for longer than six months. And so we, let's fill this place with a prayer, a prayerful attitude, a prayerful heart. Okay, That's number one. Secondly, on the walls at our locations, we have packets that are hanging up. Again, many of them say church partner. They're from El Salvador. I'm not trying to convince you to, to focus in on those uh, those children only. There's children from different countries. But the ones hanging at the back, if God has moved upon your heart, I want to sponsor a child. I want to just encourage you, if you're married, to grab your spouse. If your kids are, your children, your teens are in with you, to grab them and together uh, choose choose a packet as God leads you and then to make that commitment. Before you leave today at the Compassion um, booths in our lobbies, you can go and complete the registration. Please do not take these home if you've not completed that registration. It's not necessarily a prayer card, so we do need these here unless you are going to sponsor child and complete that at the back, all right? So when I pray, let's move. Let's fill this place with prayer and worship. Pray, pray for the children. Pray that God would just continue to stir up a heart of compassion within yourself and within our church family. That God would use us as God has a heart of compassion that we can pray. God, may that be our heart. May you use us to impact the life of somebody. So fill this place with prayer. And also we're going to have in the Carney auditorium, the lights up just a little in the back so that you could see These um, packets at all of our locations, there's packets for you to pick up, to to take, to hold on to, and before you leave to sponsor those children. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you, God, that you are a God of compassion, that you are still moved with compassion. As you were moved to send your one and only son to die on a cross that we might have life Lord, you are still moved. Your heart is still after the lost to seek and to save. And you have called your church into a mission to go and to tell and to have compassion on those that need to hear. And so, God, we pray that you would change our hearts, that you would break our hearts with what breaks yours. You would make us more like you. And in this moment, as we begin to pray, that this place... Uh, All of our locations would be filled with voices of prayer, calling out, interceding, standing in the gap for these children. Today we're focusing in. So God, would you hear our prayers? Would you answer our prayers? And may you speak to us and may we respond with obedience. May we respond not out of guilt or shame or just human sympathy, And may we not just respond out of feeling coerced, but may we just respond based on what you're saying, out of obedience to what we are to do and how we are to respond. In Jesus' name, amen.